0: Today I want to talk through some words of the Apostle Paul, who himself was in a tough place. And I believe that one of the things that Paul wants to teach us about gratitude is that we can find it in the midst of struggle, in the midst of loss, in the midst of need, and in the afflictions of the now. I want to share with you what I believe is one of the most inspirational passages of Scripture. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 7. In fact, this is so inspirational that I probably don't need to give much commentary to it, but I'm going to anyway, but I would encourage you to look it up. If you've got your Bible with you, turn to it. If you want to open up the YouVersion app, hit on the little Church Together tab, and you'll see the, the scriptures and the messages and the notes and some other stuff. If you're on your computer, open up another tab. Go to BibleGateway.com and, and just look up 2 Corinthians 4, starting at verse 7. It teaches us how to find things to be grateful for in the midst of difficult places and difficult times. 2 Corinthians 4, starting at verse 7, Paul looks to the church. If he was saying this today, he'd look to the camera. And he'd want to stare us down and say, Now we have this treasure in clay jars so that the extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Paul is saying that when we are struggling in life, we can be thankful for the strength that God provides. He starts off by saying we have this treasure that is in clay jars. This picture of the clay jar was a very uh, popular picture Everywhere you would turn, there would be a clay jar. It would be full of fuel or food or something. But they were really cheap to buy and they broke easily. In fact, one of the first things that archaeologists will find when they do a dig is fragments of cracked pots because they were everywhere. What Paul is saying is that Our life is often a cracked pot. And if we're honest, we know that it is. None of us are perfect. All of us are broken. Many of us have been shattered at times into thousands of pieces. But what Paul is saying by reminding us that we're cracked pots is that really our life and our struggles aren't about the pot, but they're about the thing that the pot carries. The treasure, this bright light, this hope of glory, this pearl of great price. This metaphor of broken pots is used commonly in Scripture. In Acts, Paul is describing himself as a chosen vessel. God wants to use your part. He wants to use you as a vessel. A little bit later on in Timothy, he talks about us living as vessels of honor, allowing the power and the presence and the purpose of of God to live within us. But here he reminds us that while we're chosen by God, to be used by God, in honorable ways, we're also broken. But again, let me say, the purpose of this opening illustration that Paul uses isn't to focus on the pot, it's to focus on the treasure. You know, I'm an Apple product guy, for my sins. And one of the best things about Apple products when you get something new initially is that in order to get to the thing you bought, you have to go through this really cool box. Has anyone bought an Apple product, right? And the boxes are specifically designed that when you open them, they just smoothly slide off with this incredibly satisfying swoosh noise. You heard it? Mm -hmm. And I remember when I got my phone, um, you know, last year or whatever, I'm sitting there for about five minutes, just slowly pulling it up and hearing that satisfying swoosh. (laughs) Swoosh. It's brilliant marketing. It's not the best financial decision I've ever made, but it's, <laughs> but it's really satisfying. But about five minutes into listening to the swoosh, I, I realized that this product I bought is not about the box, it's about the phone, right? And so often we focus on the box of our lives and the broken box and the cracked part of our life that we miss what's inside. And for those of us who follow Jesus, what's inside is him. And it changes everything. And it's because Jesus is within us that when struggles come, we can be grateful, not necessarily for the struggle, but for the strength we receive in that struggle. Does that make sense? This is how Paul says it. We are afflicted. I am perplexed. I am persecuted. I am struck down. Do you ever feel like that? Those are some very real struggles. And as Paul was saying those things, I think some of his friends in the church would have been shocked because he was this mighty man of God. He was the leader. He was the guy who was supposed to have it all together. Yet here he is admitting that he is afflicted and perplexed and persecuted and struck down. In that day, as in this day, that's not what leaders did. But Paul is modeling another way. He's saying that life and leadership is not about me. It's not about my cracked part. It's about the God who lives within me. You know, I'm not a big fan of these masks at all. I find them very uncomfortable, but I will wear them for as long as I need to to be safe and keep people safe. And we're sitting here this morning in our masks, and my bet is, I can tell by your eyes, not your faces because I can't see them, but some of you are pretty uncomfortable in masks. The reality is, though, that for years, people have been coming to church with masks on, right? Masks that say, I've got it together. Masks that say, my pot is not cracked. But Paul says, let's put those deceptions that lead to hypocrisy aside. And let's not focus on the cracked parts. Let's admit that we're afflicted and perplexed and persecuted and struck down because as we do, then this treasure comes and transforms us. If you're feeling afflicted and perplexed and persecuted and struck down, as Paul lists in those words, You need to see that two-word phrase after each of those struggles. Do you see it? But not. But not, but not, but not. Afflicted, but not crushed. Sure, things are hard. I'm feeling a little trapped. But I'm not crushed. Perplexed. Sure, things are confusing. Sure, I don't understand everything that's happening, but not in despair. Why? Because I know who's in charge. Persecuted. Things are tough. People are annoying. Relationships are driving me crazy. we can't do what we need to do, we're persecuted, but we're not alone. Struck down taken a beating, it's been hard, struck down financially, struck down health-wise, struck down relationally, but we're not destroyed. If you're feeling those struggles, for those of us who are in Christ, we get to hear the but-not's. And once we hear the but-nots, we focus not on the cracked, broken vessel, but on the treasure. Because it's Jesus who writes the but-nots. Here's the first thing I want to say as we look for gratitude, as we try to discover gratitude at the end of a tough year. For those who are in Christ, we can look to our struggles as a source of strength and be grateful for the strength that God gives. Amen? That makes sense? Paul continues, secondly, we carry around the death of Jesus in our body. Doesn't sound particularly inspiring or motivating, does it? But we do so so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live for Christ are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. He's talking about this grand meta-narrative, the one that we all submit to, the one that we're faced with every single day, death and life. And Paul says here that we carry around Jesus' death. Why? Why? so that we can be aware of what our sin cost Jesus. And as we carry around that death, we can also lean into, remember, own, embrace, and submit to the resurrection of Jesus. You know, in the Gospels, Jesus never talked about his death Without talking about a resurrection. In our lives, as we follow Jesus, another familiar uh, metaphor of Paul's is that as we follow him, part of our flesh is dying. Our selfishness, our sinfulness, our dishonesty, our hypocrisy is dying. That's something to be grateful for. But if we're honest, when something dies within us, even if it needs to die, we feel that loss. But we have to feel that loss to fully embrace the life of Jesus. As John the Baptist said, I must decrease, I must die in myself so that he can increase, so that he can come alive in me. An eternal, resurrected, fully alive life lives in me as I choose to die to myself and the things of the world. Here's a second place where I would encourage you to find gratitude this week in your loss. All of us have lost something over this season. Money, health, maybe a loved one maybe an opportunity, maybe a hope, maybe a dream. But the promise of the gospel for those who are in Christ Jesus is that there are some things that need to be lost so that he can be more found within us. You see, following Jesus is not about getting more stars It's often about getting more scars. It's to live for him as we die for ourselves. Not a big country western fan. In fact, I could probably only tell you two or three country songs. One I knew because I heard it at a funeral was a song by Tim McGraw when he says we need to live like we're dying. And he's right because as our body decays, As our memory fades, as those things of the flesh that we've hold onto melt away, the power and the love and the grace and the glory of God can be seen. So then, death is at work in us wanting to separate us from God, but... Verse 12, life is in you, and since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with with what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. What Paul is saying is I see it. I see the loss of my old way of life. And it's part of me that's sad to see it go, but the new life ahead is great and it's glorious and it's full and it's infinitely better. Death is not the end. Loss is not all there is. For those who are in Christ Jesus, death leads to life. For those who are in Christ Jesus, loss turns to gain. This Thanksgiving, maybe you've experienced some loss. Look into that loss and see where you can see the life of Jesus. Verse 15. Indeed, everything is for your benefit So that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. If I was a teacher and going to give you some homework, I'd encourage you to spend some time chewing on that one verse. Everything is for your benefit. What does that mean? Well, if it's good and if it's godly, the benefit is obvious. But if it's hard and it's tough and it's full of loss and it's full of struggle, then Paul says grace extends in those moments. And as we receive that grace... And as it comes to more and more people in more and more struggles, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. This third place to find gratitude is wrapped up in this little phrase that condenses this verse that says grace invites gratitude. Grace invites gratitude. When things are hard, when things are tough, when things are difficult, when things feel a loss, when things feel afflicted and perplexed and persecuted and struck down and it feels like you're struggling, there is grace for that moment. And the good news is grace leads to gratitude. And gratitude, Paul continues at the end of 15, Results in us giving glory to God. That's what Thanksgiving is about. That's why we gather and worship. That's why we must embrace this gospel mindset. Because God is so good and his glory is so great. In our need... We receive his grace and grace leads to gratitude and gratitude leads to glory. And as we're glorifying God, we are fulfilling the reason that we were created. Westminster Catechism of the Church talks about how the primary purpose of men and women, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And Paul says we can do that in everything. All things, tough things, really hard things. Grace invites gratitude. Gratitude invites glory. Let me wrap up a final place where we can find gratitude. We can find strength in our struggles. We can let loss reveal life. We can let grace bring gratitude. Paul wraps up verse 16. Because of this, therefore, I say this real slowly because some of you need to hear it. We do not give up. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, even though our body is decaying, Even though our eyesight isn't as good, even though our mental capacities aren't as strong, even though things are hard, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but we focus on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What Paul is saying here is that there is a great and a glorious and a beautiful, and a restored, and a redeemed next. That's the eternity that we lean into. And Paul is saying, now, well, we got these troubles. We got these struggles. We got these difficulties. But now is nowhere near as great or as permanent because there's a next. There's a great and glorious next. We do not give up because we are people of hope. If we are trusting Jesus, our inner life is being restored, renewed day by day. Our struggles are light and momentary. You know, here's the deal, though. When we're in the middle of those struggles, they never feel light and momentary, do we? Social scientists tell us that over 85% of the things that we worry about never come true. The struggles that we are facing now, no matter how heavy they feel, are only temporary. And there is a weight of glory. I love this phrase, weight of glory. He's saying there's a a heaviness to it, a a thickness to it. Not a kind of heaviness that we feel with struggle, but a heaviness because this glory is so consuming, it's so filling, it's so satisfying, it's so abundant. And therefore, we don't focus on what we see. (laughs) You know, I look in the mirror and I think, who is that old guy? (laughs) It's not particularly satisfying to look in the mirror anymore. (laughs) Not that it really ever was anyway. But Paul says, Andy... Don't spend too much time looking at life and its broken parts and its struggles and its loss. Look to that which is unseen, that which is eternal. And I think Paul is saying, as we approach thanksgiving, And as we live in the midst of a difficult now, we can find gratitude because there is a glorious next ahead. C.S. Lewis said, there are far, far greater things ahead than ever there were behind. It's not talking about the things of this world. He's talking about the kingdom of Jesus that can be lived in this world. But a kingdom that will last forever with him. It's going to be hard. This year, sitting around the Thanksgiving table... And some of us are going to have to dig a little bit deeper to find things to be thankful for. But the good news is for those who are in Christ, we can find things to be grateful for in struggle, in loss, in need, and in the difficulties of now. Because we serve the God who shows us his strength in our struggles and reveals his life in our loss and gives us his grace and his gratitude and his glory and promises us that the now is not all there is, that there is a great and a beautiful next for those who are in Christ Jesus. My friend, we have much to be thankful for. And that which we are thankful for is because of the life and the death and the resurrection and the promise of Jesus. What am I thankful for this Thanksgiving? One big, huge, staggering, life-changing name, the name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, this has been a weird year. It's been kind of crazy in more ways than we can understand or express. And we may have to dig a little bit deeper this week to find something to be thankful for. But I thank you that for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, our struggles reveal your strength, our loss reveals your life, our need reveals your grace. Your grace pulls gratitude from us as we remember that no matter what the now, there is a great next ahead. Jesus, I'm aware that as we're gathered here today, especially with all those folks watching online, that there may be people who don't have hope and don't have the full depth of gratitude this year because they don't know you. Friend, I would encourage you, if that's you, to enter into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ today. Acknowledge that you're not who you thought you are. You're not all you were made to be. That your life is a cracked pot. And invite the treasure, the life of Jesus, to take over your mind, your heart, your attitude, your actions, so that these promises of God can be true in you. Lord Jesus, I pray for those friends who don't know you. Come and meet them today. Come and turn our world upside down that we may live and flow in grace that leads to gratitude that brings you glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.